Oh, there it is. Fresh out of suspension. The conversation that couldn't be had. <laughs> Whew. I feel like a free man. Free man? Free at last? <laughs> they, don't, they don't like us talking, my friend. Hey, man. Well, hey, first, you look good. You look, you're in good spirits. Hey, uh, um, it's when I'm talking to you. You bring the best out of me. <laughs> so what happened? So listen to this, man. So I love that term, think tank. Think tank. I mean, you know what a think tank is? Like, how's a think tank go, James? Yeah, you know they got cancel culture nowadays. You gotta watch what you say. It's getting, it's getting real scary out here. Might as well. It's the rethink tank. Looks like you had a little bit too much to think here in the rethink tank. So listen to this, man. I just log in to show a friend, like, okay, this is this is so poetic. So the rethink tank has hired their first employee. So when I say we, I, I took on the Dave Portnoy effect of like when he was writing the Barstool magazine, he made it seem like there were more people by making up authors mm-hmm. and stuff, and it was always just him. So now when I say we, there's now more than one person. So I'm on a Zoom call and I share screen and I'm teaching him. All right. So this is how you'll log into the YouTube studio to take videos, to make clips. Literally so poetic. If it isn't something to motivate the mission and credit, give credit to this project, I log in and it goes, it, it just big warning. Uh, your your account has been suspended, mm-hmm. and I go, whoa! whoa. <laughs> I haven't even posted it. So here's the saddest part: I was on a roll. It was your video, then I had three unlocked, just boom, 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 and they were like two a week. I had this next episode when it comes out. It's it's me and a Cleveland comedian, and it is it's probably the hardest I've ever laughed on this podcast, and I couldn't be more excited to do it or share it. And I've been running into Adobe issues because I am a juvenile running this thing on my own. And I ran into computer issues. I should probably just buy a new computer. So it stalled out a couple weeks. So I'm sitting here when I log in and get this warning saying you are suspended. I'm like, I haven't even posted in a while. Like, I mean, I haven't even given you anything recent. When it flagged ours, I look, you and I were the beginning of September. This is now literally the last week of October. October. So yeah. it's almost two months now. This video has been up there. And so I go to the video. It doesn't highlight out of two hours what section of ours is pushing medical misinformation. So I got to imagine, because I have that effect on people, cruel philosopher. Let me say, <laughs> I can agitate people. So I guarantee I said something that upset some blue haired person that the video was never even meant to get to to begin with. And they flagged it because of that. YouTube pulled it. Now I took a different strategy this time. The last time when I got a strike, I went on the offensive. I took the lawyer in me and I just like made contentions, full argument. Here's my position. What are you doing? What you don't realize is this is not a court of law. You don't have any rights. And they can just, like a god, say no. And like a stroke of a pen, they just wiped it away. And they were like, no, we don't, we, we don't accept your appeal. So I had to take a different strategy this time. 
My strategy is to play their game. Okay. Point, point their barrels back at them. So I go in there and I play the bleeding heart. Oh, what was me? This I am so sorry. I leave medical advice and the science to the specialists. I am a layman. <laughs> and this was just for self-motivation and accountability. This is like self-help. And we, it, we, we are not pushing any medical mm-hmm. advice. And I leave that to the specialists because I couldn't be more in the ignorance. And like that, I, I loved how I described it to you. And this is how I'm going to continue to describe it. If I did not have an email from YouTube saying my account was suspended, the way they wiped it after the suspension, mm-hmm. I have no evidence of what my appeal, like last time you would get a copy of what you submitted, the appeal that you submitted and their response this time totally wiped as if it never existed. You, you would think I was schizophrenic if I didn't have an email to corroborate the fact that this actually happened. Happened, yeah. And I was supposed to be suspended for a week. It was probably three and a half days in that this was wiped away and I'm free to post again. Um, but obviously this is the priority conversation. I couldn't wait to talk to you because, I mean, how poetic is it on par with what we were talking about the whole conversation? You know what's crazy when I'm thinking about it? Um, I forgot where I heard this from, but somebody was saying that some suspensions not even about uh use to speak. It's more like so they what they're trying to do is to get us to censor ourselves. Because even though you got your, your video back, right? Now it is gonna be like a small, small piece, you know, in your brain somewhere where it's like, damn, is this gonna get me, you know, like messed up on youtube and that's what they want so they want you to do the self-editing in yourself before you even put it up so the scariest piece that you brought up this is a jordan peterson um position that is a scary fact there's censorship right so when a speech occurs after the fact it is censored but the scariest piece is when they can successfully initiate pre-censorship where you now are censoring even the thought you're trying to you're not even allowed to have the thought that's the scary place that we're at right now cruel philosopher is when you sit down and you have like a i want to this the whole spirit of this show is liberate me from my ignorances let's sit down present change my mind bring to me your facts and let's confront our ideas in a free marketplace of ideas. And the scary, mm-hmm. the scary part is that this is how I know. In, in the end, you know to follow your heart and you know that your position is strong because the only reason you'd have to turn someone's position off is because yours does not indicatively destroy theirs. So you have to turn it off. And, and that's the scary part. And... That's why we know the war is being fought and succeeding with bad ideas. These bad ideas are succeeding because they're they're like socially supported with force. It's wild. Yeah, see, I think it's two things. I think it's what you just said. That is definitely one of the reasons why this is happening. But I think also... It's there's a certain segment of individuals of the elite who believe that certain um who 
they view us as if they need to protect us, right? Like they need to protect us from dangerous ideas. They need to, to they know right from wrong more than we do. And so they have to do the thinking and the sorting of good and bad ideas on our behalf. So some of it is like you said, it's, it's, oh no, they're trying to get these bad ideas out there and, and get, and remove the criticism. But another part of this is, oh no, oh, I'm trying to protect you from, you know, from these evil people who are spouting this nonsense. That's something else that's happening. Um, and I think that is actually harder to deal with because if, if I had to come back your point, all you have to do is is convince the person that believes in censorship because they want to spread bad ideas. All you have to do is get a couple of people who feel the opposite way into the arena, like Elon Musk buying Twitter, right? That changes Ooh. everything. But if we're talking about a group of people among the elite who believe that it's their duty to protect us, right? How do you appeal to that? To, to that level of paternalistic instinct. It's damn near impossible. Right. Wow. No, and and that's the scary part is we're hijacking people's instincts. In fact, people, the scary part is how much comfort people find in blind safety, right? Like mm. they just want to be safe and whatever that brings, I'll la 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 and play along. And the question yep. is, how far along do you play before you're a Nazi soldier? Right. Like at some point he was like, all right, I'm just saying this. So my neighbors don't kill me or hate me. And I, I want to come to the parties. Come on, Bill next door. Those are some bangers. <laughs> and then they're like, OK, he said some stuff. Now we're not even allowing them at the party. And then at some point it becomes we hate them. And then it's do you want your family to go to those camps? No. So you're going to get in line. And, and, and once it's at that point, guess what? It's too late to kind of speak up and go, hey. I was just here for Bill's parties. I didn't really like the ideas. They just were for the. This is why this is what to me, the purpose of this thing, the project, the mm -hmm. purpose of life, the purpose of these conversations. I truly don't appreciate the person who's socially beloved, but is is the chameleon that stands for nothing. My I truly in my heart believe Stand for something or don't stand at all. You're not worth standing at all. The, the purpose of life is to stand for something. Find something to be passionate about. Like, even if it's like, you know, girls wrestling, something that like you're like, you know what? We need more of this. And mm -hmm. you're it's it, it's it doesn't get enough respect in or jujitsu or chess, something. Find a passion, whether whatever it is. The fact that people are so vanilla in everything because an opinion is a scarlet letter today. I mean, we all say we're individual, but we're all wearing the same tall black boots with jeans and the j same jacket. It's like who who hasn't seen the TikTok of the room full of sorority girls all wearing the same stuff? <laughs> but don't you think to a certain extent that bravery is counterintuitive? Like so, so it's it's against human nature for most people to go against the crowd, 
to think for themselves. Um, most people just want to not cause trouble. They don't want to stand out, right? And so um, as you have this censorship machine going and you see people getting kicked off or suspended or, you know, being financially ruined, you don't want that to happen to you. <laughs> so so all you're thinking about is self-preservation. It's like, hey. Well, Can I listen, give you a crazy, the, wild metaphor? Mm -hmm. Perfect analogy. My uncle always said this about NFL players smoking weed, right? As a Browns fan, we struggled with um, uh, Josh Gordon or whatever the kid's name is, the kid that just wouldn't stop smoking weed. Did he get suspended like every season? Yeah, like two or three times, <laughs> but he was yeah. like the leading wide receiver of the league. He would have been oh, one of the great. greatest wide receivers yeah. of all time. The mm -hmm. kid just couldn't keep it in check. At the same time, though, there were highly respected uh, football players that never got caught that live that lifestyle every day because that just comes with the territory. I went to Miami mm -hmm. and Ohio, and there was a kid in our fraternity who had a friend who knew that when every time Ben Roethlisberger came in to Miami because that's where he graduated, and sometimes Joe Thomas would come with him, they'd pick up weed. So we know we I know from personal experience that there's NFL players that had experience with this that never got caught that never got smeared and never had their career destroyed like his my uncle always said you know what you know what it takes it takes all of them tom brady everybody to go out on the field and smoke a joint what it it, it takes a united front and then at that point you look at them and you go what are you going to do not have a league not play mm -hmm. anymore mm -hmm. at some point at, at some point a unite that that's why they need us divided. That's why they need us on teams and and in, on, on on as many teams as possible. That's why they made it social tokens in the social Olympics of like who can be the most victimized. You know, I'm a Latino transgender, whatever. It's just like <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. And that only has social currency because look at how how tight you divided yourself. Boop, boop, boop to this tiny little team. Because if we all thought of ourselves as one giant tribe, they wouldn't be able to stop us. And that would be a problem. True. However, we also have to contend with the fact that we are also naturally tribalistic people, right? Like it's so so to your point about dividing people into these little groups. The reason why it's so easy is because we all have like a natural inclination to be divided into little groups because of our ancestors. We, we evolved from a tribal people, you know, hunter gatherers that would travel, you know, and you know, be in small groups and all that. So it, it, it's kind of a part of our human DNA, so to speak. Um, and so can we override that in the face of, you know, in the face of this elite tribe? of individuals because that's what they are the, the elite and they are a tribe who believe that they have the authority to use their wealth their knowledge their their tech to control the thoughts and the speech of the commoners that's where we are today you're you're 100 right which in that case it only comes back to the point of to beat that tribe we need to stop thinking of ourselves as a bunch of little tribes and recognize that it's our tribe versus their tribe and the melanin and the things dangling between our legs. None of those are tribe lines. 
It's what's in our pocket and who's controlling the ideas and power of the society. Those are the lines. And if you're not controlling those things, then you're on our team. And you didn't realize it. We're all on the same team. <laughs> we should be, totally. But it seems totally. like... Um, what was your... Th- did you hear the LFCD Council stuff? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Oh, did you hear the LA City Council stuff? The audio from the um, what was her name? Mary. Mary. Uh, there was this big audio leak from the LA City Council and like the president, ex-president. She was on there saying like you know racist stuff about you know against black people. She was Spanish and she resigned. Uh, I was asking you if if you had a thought process because I was like, okay, well now this is like minority or minority well here's the sad part and i'm i'm not going to try to take it down well i'm just going to go down this road i think the democrat party exploits like racism more than anybody else they rely on it as like a wave to their party like without racism they have nothing to fight and i think they recreate it every day um i i think we're making society more racist by the way they approach this problem and um, I look at things like that as a byproduct of this beast that they are creating. At the end of the day, dude, we didn't look at each other. I'm sorry. In my life, when I was youth, I didn't look at anybody as different, equating to lesser than or greater than. I looked at them as different as I would if we walked through Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And you had a guy that looked like a lizard and a guy that had big eyeballs and a guy that had <laughs> yeah. one eye and a guy. That's what it was to me. Not lesser than or greater than, but definitely different. Come on. Can we acknowledge the difference, but not lesser than or greater than? And I think this whole beating drum of you thought better than you thought mm-hmm. better than it, it's it's creating a thought that never was there and perpetuates it every day. And so. Either you wake up every day and bow to the gods of, I don't think better than, I don't think better than, or you wake up every day going, I never thought better than. And guess what? Every day we're still talking about better than or lesser than, and they still win in the end. You know what? To your point about um racism being a tool used by Democrats because they don't have anything else. Um, I remember in 2008, and Obama was running for, you know, as, to be the president. And he almost went out of, of his way to downplay the significance of his race. Versus 2012, when Obama was running, he did the exact opposite. He seemed to delve deeply into the concept of race. Um, and, and I've said before, I don't remember this fo- this level of focus on race in like 2006, seven and eight. Now I was younger back then, but it, it still doesn't seem there was this hyper focus on the race of certain people and you know what ethnic background they were from. But after 2012, and it really started around like 2010-ish, whenever the Michael Brown stuff happened, I think Obama, in order for him to maintain political power, he dragged the country through this racial bullshit even though I think deep in his heart, he don't believe it. Well, I to to the point of like it feels like right now there's a hyper focus on race than there was before. 
I'd be remiss if I didn't throw out the devil's advocate. We we have to allow the liberal in the room to scream how the <laughs> hyper focus right now, cruel philosopher, is because we're trying to snuff out a problem that was ignored and petu- perpetuated for 200 years. Where's the 40 acres and a mule? Damn you. At the same time, though, dude, we have to recognize a reality, a reality that people will hate. And I hope it gives the greater scope of things. If you do the math, the uncomfortable math, the math that's going to make me come off hateful right now and justify canceling. The reality <laughs> right, is, if you look at the percentage of Americans, white Americans, at the time slaves were owned, 12% of Americans owned slaves. Now, fast forward, because that's called colonies and half of a con- con- continent, not mm-hmm. a whole fucking body of land. But fast forward to now, what do you do when 8% of the country at most is a direct descendant of somebody that was among the 100% of white Americans that were of the... Um, early American stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you do if 8% of our country now was of that time and only 12% of that 8% owned slaves? So you're looking at about 1% of the country. And the sad part is those people, those people all are your Waltons. Yeah, the people that own Walmart, the people that own you know, Joseph A. Bank, all these people that were well ahead of the economy and they surely aren't your Italian neighbor. Like, mm-hmm. as, as somebody who comes from Ukrainian and Greek descent, like, everybody's trying to flee their own stuff. And to say, you owe us something too. It's just like, it causes more division. It isn't solving the problem and it's directed at the wrong thing. Am I wrong or am I misguided here? Can you correct me? I don't think you're wrong. In some ways, I, I thought this through where would we be in a better spot as a country if black people got their rights through kind of a, a revolution? Instead of what happened where we kind of got our rights through legislation. And the reason why I say this is because we can't move on in some ways, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to, for, for some black people, I think it's difficult for them to stomach the fact that their freedom was given to them and not taken and I and I wonder sometimes if 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 we can kind of go back and rewrite it and they were able to take it, would we as a country have been able to move on past, you know, the quote unquote wow. original sin of slavery? Holy cow. Fascinating you know, point. That yeah, you know, you yeah. That's it, man. You I think you're onto something there. You're totally onto something there. Because at some point it kind of feels like Oh, man, I'm not going to say. 
it feels like it could be in that, uh, similar to like a, a rape victim, right? Like it's a PTSD you never get past. Yes. That like yes. you you didn't I you didn't conquer the situation. The situation conquered you. Conquered you just you. survived it. Yeah. Yep. That's perfect. Perfect analogy. Yeah. Um. That's gonna sting for some people listening, but that is what I think is kind of in the psyche of some. Black Americans, dude. It's it's part of the reason why Holy I don't do slave cow, movies anymore. Wow, dude! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't do slave movies. Will Smith is coming out with this new slave movie. I'm not watching it. There's a new Emma Till movie coming out. I'm not watching it. I don't think though. Like this, it's one thing to know about your history, but there's another thing where I think it is just as important how you learn about your history too, and. I think there has to be some type of come to Jesus moment for black Americans where we can, you know, forgive the country for what happened and pick up the pieces and move on. It's not popular to say, but well, somebody and, has to say it. Isn't that what made Kanye the bad guy for saying what he said at TMZ? Yeah. When he said slavery was a choice. I mean, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> and he was talking about he was trying to make a direct parallel from the the actual enslavement of people to the mental enslavement of black people that that so many of us have the tools to create better lives which we do we have the tools we you know you can go seek the knowledge in 2020 you know whenever he said that was like the tools are there it's it's your lack of willingness to use the tools that is keeping you in these you know, horrible neighborhoods, keeping you with this unsatisfactory life, keeping you in these situations. And once again, a lot of people don't want to hear that. No, you're a hundred percent right. How, how like, he, and that's again, back to the whole theme we, we've got here. They don't want to hear it. So what's the move? Here's the deal. You say something I don't want to hear. I want that. I'm, I'm a warrior body type. I'm a, I'm a lion animal spirit, spirit animal. Like I want to mm -hmm. confront it. I'm coming for it. I'm going for the neck. And if I miss or you're better than me, then that's how it was supposed to be anyway. But at the end of the day, they don't want to hear it. So what do they do? They turn it off. Click. Yeah. Boop. Turn it off. Boop. But just, it's not just turn it off because if you want to turn it off for you, that's one thing. And I have to respect it. Right. If I got to turn it off for everybody. For you, that's the problem. That's the problem. It's I would have no problem if people say, look, for my own mental health or whatever, I, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to watch this. So I'm I'm going to turn it off. That is perfectly right. And look, more people probably should turn off the you know the news or whatever than sitting in front of it watching all day. But it is totally different than trying to turn it off for everybody. That's where I'm like, okay, you guys are overstepping your boundaries. And let's agree when it comes to like this this one. There's too much of it. it. It's it's getting to the point where where does the line, where, where do you draw a line? And other people are hyperbolic about calling it out because they're afraid about getting called out. So it's one mm -hmm. of those, if I just keep calling people out, then I never get called out. And the funniest part of all, back to why it needs to happen to begin with, is what emphasizes the point where I go deep down in my heart, I know my, my position is better. That's why you got to turn it off because yeah. it will defeat yours. Evidence to that is take libs, libs of TikTok. You familiar with the Twitter page? I love them. 
So think about what this page does. It's yeah. fascinating. They do nothing. They take just, you being you displaying your ideas and just shares it, just shares it all in one place. It's a collection all of all of your crazy ideas and why big major news outlets need to dox the account owner and why users are waging war against it to begin with is because it is like it's like having the dragon in Game of Thrones, it's the trump card you can't stop. You are being destroyed, <sighs> fields of you. Like your whole ideas are just being wiped. And it's you. Oh my God, it's a mirror. It's you being defeated by you. It's like a laser gun in Star Wars. If like there's a stormtrooper, and you just like pew, pew, pew. And then you just pull out a mirror. And then it's just like, you got yourself. Or actually, yeah. no, you got a lightsaber. You just douse that thing right back at because <laughs> it's them it's their own shot and they're getting shot by themselves and they're like well i don't want to keep i can't stop all the rainbow flags in my cl classroom and telling all the kids that like straightness is bad i don't want to stop that so instead of getting hit by the internet for disliking me saying those ideas mm -hmm. i'm just going to turn off the people who are showing that i'm implanting those ideas Libs of TikTok is what I consider a, it, it's the ultimate amplifier. Because to your point, they don't make anything. Like, none of those videos are theirs. It is just taking what, what people have already filmed, either of themselves or of other people, and then take Libs of, Libs of TikTok, they take the video, and they broadcast it. But to your point, they're not creating this. It's already there. They're just showing it to a demographic in a group of people. Right. Right. And... um. I think because it's so popular is why it's such a problem, right? And it's only popular because you yourself are making yourself look bad. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, I wanted to ask you about the stuff. So right? I had to beep out his name, just so you know. Oh, Philosopher. <laughs> He's the one person yeah. we can't say his name. It's right, it's sorry. astonishing. So we call him AJ. It's the guy that says that the frogs are gay. You just got to do one of those. And... YouTube can't stop us, and they know who we're talking about. AJ. So, okay, so, so what about AJ? Yeah. So, I wanted to ask you about the the you know the case with AJ. You know, he was found guilty of whatever. He has he has paid some ungodly amount of money, you know, to the victims of of that tragedy. And so, on, on my Twitter, I was saying that this what's happening to Alex. I first saw it happening with sex workers right prostitutes porn stars they were saying how certain companies you know payment companies like paypal visa you know mastercard they were not processing payments for these women for reason x y and z given but really they just they just didn't like the work they, just, they didn't want to be associated with sex work right and cool they're a private company that, that's always the fallback they're a private company they can do whatever they want, yada, yada, yada. Here's the thing, though. No one defended those women at all, right? Because of our attitudes towards sex workers, we, you know, it's like, bye, ugh, like, you know, bye. But I always tell people, when you're trying to ramp up on censoring people, ramp up on cutting off different points of views or honesty, 
you do that by starting with what I like to call the deplorables. Now, it doesn't mean I view them as deplorables. I'm saying they are viewed as deplorables by society. You Correct. know, porn stars, strippers, uh, you know, prostitutes, um, drug Mechanics, dealers, right? Truck drivers. Yes. The the low of the low. But in, in in the case of these sex workers, the conservatives didn't care, liberals didn't care, um, oh, alleged free speech activists th- didn't care as well. Um, no one cared about them. And what happened? It left the sex workers, right? Then it hit AJ originally. Remember when Facebook, TikTok, I mean, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all got rid of AJ in like the same day or two or three days? It happened like that. YouTube as well got rid of AJ. Immediately, bop, gone on everything. Which lets you know that, yeah, which which lets you know there was some type of conversation being had amongst these these uh elite co- uh, you know o- organizations and so they got rid of AJ they got rid of um r- do you remember Milo Yiannopoulos uh, dude how well did they wipe the world of him that's what i'm saying he gone so, not a trace of him left you can't find nothing with him he has been digitally watch this he has been digitally deleted yeah Completely erased. Completely. Um, what's the other dude? Stefan Stefan M- Monopolis. Remember the dude? He was a ball white dude. Stefan. And- I well, I was gonna bring up Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate too. He's the most. He's the most recent one, right? Who? who but got he's got a fighting chance, man. The internet's really like not letting them get away with. Like, they're not forgetting him. Well, that's because of Andrew Tate. Something interesting happened where he got famous without trying to. He wasn't making himself famous. Those were clips taken by other people and were like retweeted and you know um, re-uploaded by other individuals. It was all his content, but it was kind of the people that were circulating it versus with these others with, with, with these other individuals like Alex Jones or Milo. They're the ones producing the show, right? And right. so it's harder to stop what's happening to Andrew Tate. It's really right. hard to totally erase Andrew Tate. And then also he's on, you know, uh, Rumble video now. You got to uh, give it to him. It's impressive. He, he's it, He's got a fighting chance. He's necessary, though. That's kind of my, my my big point is we are here now because we thought we were too good to stand up for the person that we viewed lower than us. Back to our point, man. It's just back to the Nazi point. It's like it, it. You don't think it gets bad, but when you didn't speak up for when it was not not a problem, didn't concern me. Not a problem, didn't concern me. Not a problem. This moment it does concern you. It's too late to do something about it. So you should do it for other people, just on the principle of you never want it to come back to you. Yes. It's sad. It's sad that even like, like here's the thing. All humans, nobody wants to die. Even like nope. people that have suicide that have, have committed suicide, it's out of a place of pain where the choice isn't death. It's the escape of pain that that is more the choice. Um, whatever that pain could be, but I, I guess suicide could be an anomaly, regardless. But what I'm getting at is, ninety nine percent of humans, their in- instinct is self preservation. Yes. So back to like the vax, the vax, like you've got people who are making fun of other people 
you don't think they want to live? Like you may have a different perspective. You might have the you. I clearly have this position of moral superiority where you think like you're ha- you're coming from the higher position, mm-hmm. but regardless of higher position of perspective or lower position, you everybody wants to self preservation. Like everybody wants to survive, and um, the scary part is people confuse what's best for them in the long run for comfort in, in the shortcoming in the present. And so because of that in the background, it's easy to ignore and neglect the snowball that then becomes irreversible and an unavoidable problem. I don't know how you avoid that. I'm with, yeah, I think it, it, yes, people, Generally speaking, people like to walk path. People want to walk down the path of least resistance. Just generally speaking, right? But here's the thing: principle is supposed to keep you from doing that. Ethics is supposed to keep you from doing that, right? Meaning, a natural inclination is to kind of go, you know, go with the flow. But if I see somebody who is being targeted, and that breaks my principles. I should stand with that person or stand on behalf of that person because I'm not defending the individual. I'm defending the, the, the principle I'm defending, you know, the, the rights, not the individual. And people can't separate from is what happened to, Oh, my bad. AJ, people can't separate. You go ahead and leave that. People can't separate AJ uh, from um, what happened to AJ. You could feel like AJ is a piece of, you know, you know what? You feel like AJ should have never been talking about those victims like that. Cool, got you. But if you are not going to say, wait, he has to pay how much in what settlement? That's wrong. That's Dude, being done on so purpose. So how about this? I, here's what's crazy. Couldn't agree more. And it's a very scary situation. Here's what's sad. Lives lost, definitely, mm-hmm. in a real event, sure. If you have a family, and specifically one individual, that is responsible for real-life deaths, okay. as somebody that went to law school, when you take a remedies course, that course teaches you that, like, you lose a finger, that's worth something, an eyeball, that's worth something, an arm, that's worth something. Uh, mm-hmm. A life is where it gets murky. What is a life worth? Ooh, that's something that's hard to siphon out. And it so um, I can tell you it's never a billion dollars. It may be if you killed Mark Zuckerberg, but, like, at the end of the day, <laughs> it it's is. never a billion dollars. And mm-hmm. so – the question becomes, how does somebody who made the victims, the victims, okay, the victims and their families, how do you take somebody who made the victims and their families' lives worse in theory, mm. you know, in, in the legal theory, how do we take somebody who's made their lives worse and charge him with a remedy cost that is significantly more than what you would ever charge the shooter and his family. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, it's it's despicable. Sure, you made his their lives shit. I that could be the case. And that could be I I will entertain that argument in a court of law. Yeah. But if proven, where do you get off costing that more? Then lives lost, lives lost in a remedies course. That's the trump card. That's the highest cost. Finger, eyeball, scratch across the cheek. Lives lost, and then, and then, no lives, no physical harm, mental damage, uh, IIED, you know, uh, stress, all these things. At what point? How did we get off making that cost way more than lives lost? What am I missing, cruel philosopher? I I I think once again it's the individuals who think that that um somebody could be so deplorable that they're using it as a scare tactic as a control mechanism because that is not that is not ratio that is not respective that what's the word it's not proportionate to the crime it just simply isn't. No, I agree, but 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 right. I, I think the the reasoning behind it is different though. I think it's a scare tactic. No, no, no. So part of it is to scare future actors. Totally agree. But it's also this person is so dangerous yeah. that I can justify my own immoral behavior because I, you know, this is how big of a danger he is. This is what's happening. People are engaging in immoral, unethical behavior. Behavior that if they just took a step back, they'd be like, wow. It is wrong what is happening to AJ right now. Like it is wrong that 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 decision was reached um, solely so here's that. Here's what's wow, cruel, cruel philosopher. This is the craziest, the craziest conundrum I'm dealing with with this thing. I go to work. It's government, so it's already very liberal. Mm -hmm. And you're in a liberal workplace, in rooms full of people that have never listened to this man talk once, right? Mm -hmm. Never heard him talk once. And I have to sit in that room and they go, yeah, he's such a pig. What a slime ball. Yeah. And and the one girl brought up of like, yeah, I can't believe he moved his house and his wife's name to avoid it being taken. What a pig. And you're just like. You know, what's the biggest pig? Being able to say that about a person and never once having given them the benefit of the doubt, never mm. once heard them speak, never once heard their perspective, only played the game of telephone and allowed Big Brother to tell you how to interpret this man. Mm. It, it, it's so... Yo, right there, that, that, that point right there, allowing Big Brother to give you glasses, right? So you're taking glasses from the government and you're looking at these individuals and you're like, oh, bad man, bad man, bad man. Instead of just taking the glasses off, like think for yourself. The government to me, and I, I, throughout COVID, I was saying this over and over and over again, right? And I'm not gonna bring it up because I want your your, your video to get um striked again. But <laughs> I kept saying the biggest place that misinformation and disinformation comes from is the media this the sanctioned media that lies and manipulates and uh you know um dismorphs the truth into whatever they want they have people they asked some white people one time uh 
you know, how many black men do you think are shot by police? Right. And, you know, white people were given, you know, like, well, like, you know, a hundred and, you know, two. And it was like, ah, there are only like, you know, 14 unarmed black men shot by police. 14. So now you have to ask yourself, okay, why is the perception so far away from the reality? You got to then look to the person or people whose job it is to push images, stories. And that's where you get into, okay, if there is this big gap between what is perceived to be happening and what is actually happening, now I'm left with either the people doing the pushing are either, you know, bad at their jobs and ignorant, or this is being done purposely. And you know what? Uh, a perfect concoction of success is a gorgeous balance of the two. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we've got is willful ignorance combined with pure ignorance. Yep. Combined with malicious intent. And so I, so now I, I wanted to ask you, okay, so we know what the problem is. A, who is the enemy? B, is there a way to defeat the enemy? Hold on. I, I just want to address because I think it might actually be applicable to this situation. I tweeted literally just uh, just the other day. I was driving home, and I was saying, I'm going to have to cut this shorter just so it goes right to it, unless mm-hmm. Twitter deleted it because that's how that goes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's gone. It's gone? Damn. <laughs> wow. Here, okay. They, they did delete it, but I, uh, I have a screenshot of it. See, stop saying. Plus, too easily we blame the struggles of the world on they. But who is they? The true problem operating at the same time is they is us. Mm. Mm. They is us. Damn, okay. right? Because at the same time as it could be, one percent of the people here. Here's here's how you got to look at it. Okay. Think of a pool, right? If you had just like your friends above ground blow up pool, and it's just this four feet deep ball of water. Mm-hmm. If I stuck like a waterproof fan and just started point on one edge of it and pointed it one way, it's going in a current, right? It's just going. It's going. It's going. If we can all say, the problem is the current. The problem is the current. You can point at the fan and go, the fan is pushing this current. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're all the current. And okay, what's so different it, between uncontrollable, inanimate water is we can all just stand up. Now, if yes. you stand up, I stand up, Guy, you're in New York, I'm in Ohio, guy in Kansas stands up, and we can even get one blue-haired crazy in California to stand up. That's still not enough to stop this strong current. We stand, we can't stop the fan, but what we can do is come together as that tribe I keep talking about. At the point at which we all stand up, the fan becomes irrelevant. It, it becomes moot, has no effect on us. And that's what it takes. Now, how do you make that, that it's wake in the water, dude, the, the drop of a boop, 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 the wake, you know, the wake of a water. You just, you can't have an effect and change the whole pool. 
Yeah. But if I can affect the little droplets by me and you can affect the little droplets by you and hopefully they can affect the droplets by them soon enough, the current is no longer a field of dumb sheep. Okay, so let me let, let me push back against um your argument a little bit, right? Yeah. Have you ever been in a current, like a real life current? You know, moving oh yes, water. I've been pulled out in a current, almost lost my life with my buddy. It was absolutely wild. Brian Seamall's probably listening to this right now. Me and this dude were out in the ocean, and like, dude, there's a point in time where you look at each other and you go, "We're not getting is this, back." Is this it? Yeah. And so, and dude, it was. Like I am, I'm telling you, the verge of death no, when you finally get you. back. But you got to go parallel to the beach, dude. It was nuts. So I'm with you. Take us on the ride. Yeah. So you yourself have experienced the difficulty of of going against a current. It is it is extremely different difficult to go against the current. I'd argue that outside of you being in a at a, you know at a certain level of you know tip top shape. So to speak, it might be damn near impossible. You you might if you was four hundred pounds and out of shape, you might not have made it. <laughs> right? You you might have been, if you, you were living you know, Lizzo's truth, you might not get back home. You, you you might not have made it. And so, I think it is easier for, for so you're saying, hey, let's focus on the current. I believe we should look at the fan because. To get rid oh, of we the have fan. to. Okay, okay. Let's be real here. Let's be okay. real here. Okay. Do not when you go. What do we do? The 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 foundation position is what is most accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. And if I had to put my eggs in the basket, that's the most likely. That's why they're so invested in keeping us divided. But also, okay. it should be a a. A combined effort, you, like like all great generals, you, your strategy must be uh, dual faced. And so you look at the main source again at the same time here. Think of it like this, a sinking ship. Yes, it's definitely smart to be throwing buckets out of the pool, but at the same time or out of the boat. But at the same time, that ain't going to save you. And you got to stop the water from getting in. So I'm with yes. you. You got to stop the fan. But we do have to acknowledge that's going to be the biggest fight because the second you and I get on their radar with a thousand views, we are wiped out before humans even knew we existed. So that's the thing is like the Terminator, they're doing a very good job at eliminating the Sarah Connells of the Internet and Mm. killing Sean Connell or whatever the kid's name is. Before he can even beat them in the war. You don't think they know we, you and me, you and me, we're going to beat them. You don't think they know that? So that you don't think they're invested in stopping us before we get before enough we of even, an effect? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And so here's, here's where the argument goes. Can you create an ecosystem outside of their domain? And, I, and this has been my, frustra- my frustration with conservatives for a long time where conservatives will talk a lot about freedom of speech and censorship and yada, yada, yada. Yet all they had was complaints. There was never a game plan ever. Well, let's, let's never agree. A let's game agree. Plan. If they were to create an opposition in some respect, I, I think the conservative movement, I think of them as fingers of the same hand. They're all the mm-hmm. same problem, liberals and 
conservatives. And so why I think the conservative movement never really got legs, like just like when they keep saying Trump is racist, Trump is racist. Mm -hmm. The same reason Trump never just like grabs a microphone and goes, hey, uh, I'm not racist because they're invested in making both sides uh, it, it enticing while also equally damnable. So. Look at like Tulsi Gabbard. She was my favorite Democrat because I got to say I was Democratic, but the reality was she was a moderate thinker that would mm -hmm. be called conservative because she's just a free thinker. Yeah. And unfortunately, now she left the Democratic Party. My long-winded point I'm trying to make here, though, is the reason the conservative party and position never really got a strong platform or, you know— a good foundation to combat the democratic found position is because do you know how quickly it become polarized to say, Hey, we should love everybody, whether they're gay or not. We should consider the environment, but let's stand up for guns. Let's not trust the government. Let's fight against taxes and maybe consider some of these welfare programs, you know, and only do the ones that are, have a true benefit result and not just to keep people stuck where they're at. You know, if if you took that position, its totality, that's clearly the most enticing to most people. Mm -hmm. But then we don't have this perfect dilemma of yin and yang where you're everybody's stuck in the middle. Everybody's stuck in the middle. And the team that they land on is just because they they the thing that they prioritize in their life is uh, their taxes or the gender things or whatever, whatever they prioritize over anything else is where they fall. But when you talk to people, we're all stuck in the middle of this crazy yin and yang. No, and I understand that. The only reason why I said the, the conservative movement made me so frustrated is because at some point you can't just complain. At some point you can't just put out the problem. But I think that's if there is a problem. I think that's I agree. But yeah, they don't want to solve like they they didn't want to solve the problem or put forth any actual effort into solving the problem. That's the point that I can is that can, can, uh you have the situation where no I'm saying you 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 have the situation where you have both parties who yeah they're different on some things but when you really look behind the curtain it's it's, it's a, a uniparty it's, it's it's like uh yes. they don't want to solve certain shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I love that point. Sorry, I almost got defeated by my ADD. I, dude, my, I just short circuited to an awesome thing I learned lately, recently. And I want to exclaim it because I just, mm -hmm. I'm very excited about this. Uh, when I learn new policy ideas, it gets me excited. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, I'm listening to her on Joe Rogan. And, I have always been a strong proponent advocating for the Electoral College. I believe I did a clip on our on our uh, channel on, on the Electoral College. Okay. I, I believe I, I, I could go on forever about it, but I think it's the way we get equal representation across the country. That way, California and Texas aren't the two deciding states for the rest of the country. And we all can kind of have a say, even just like Connecticut, Maryland, Ohio, all of us. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I think that's how you run a country. But Tulsi Gabbard raised a great flaw in the Electoral College that I had never considered before and why she should be president and what makes her one of the best politicians we have in front of us right now is because then she follows up to provide 
uh, a possibility and and a good um a good contention for a way to resolve the problem. The problem she points out is that the electoral college, the way it works, is the state of Ohio votes for the president. The percentage of that state, let's say it's 40 to 60, 40 blue, 60 red, okay? In Ohio, the electoral college is whatever they are. Let's just say yeah. 11. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what they are, but let's just say it's eight, whatever, whatever they are. Let's say 10 for, for perfect numbers. If they have 10 electoral votes, mm-hmm. all 10, even though it was 60 to 40, all 10 votes go red. And there's some advantages to that and that and and we could go through the numbers and run them and that's that's what outweigh it's a great system yes but tulsi raises how it pigeonholes third party candidates from ever being able to be president and we've never had to consider that or we've never we've been blinded from having to confront that because we've never had a third party in this situation But if a third party were to be in there and let's just say it's 40 percent independent, 50 percent red and 10 percent blue, okay, all of those votes go to red. Yes. Additionally, because those people voting are red or blue in the off chance that it goes 50% independent, 40% red, 10% blue. All of the electorates, Democrat or not, will vote red to preserve their monopoly. Mm. And we've never had to confront that they will do that to us because... It's never happened. But at the well, day it does, we will ha- we will be in awe going, oh, they can do that. They can go against us entirely and vote for themselves. And then you will never see an independent. So before you respond, what I think is great, the, what she suggests and what the answer will be. Is the electorate votes no matter what should go proportionally to the electorates. So if it's 50% red, 40% independent, 10%, then five votes go to red, four votes go to independent, one vote goes to Democratic, no matter what, to ensure that these two teams don't collude to never vote in another team. So, okay, so I understand the point that she's making. My question would be, what what would make that different from just direct democracy? Meaning, um, oh, hundred percent. The winner, the winner of the popular vote is the one that you know wins the presidency. Let's agree that's essentially what it is. Mm, okay, that, that is essentially but, what it is, but it's more like here's the deal. Let's agree, it's bizarre to say Russia stole the election and ignore the fact that there could have been some problems in the next election. 
what did we magically defeat Russia? Like it, to pretend there was no problems. So now if we just look at elections in totality, to- yes. totality with just a, a, an honest approach, honestly, we could all probably agree. There's some fraud somewhere. There's somebody grabbing their oh, dead yeah, grandma's mail-in ballot and putting down some BS. You know, grandma's in the nursing home. You grabbed her ballot. Um, you, we, we've seen people. people hijacking sacks of ballots that are predominantly one team that they don't like. That Those things exist. In a world where those exist, we have to acknowledge that there's going to be some problems and some successes. I think in a world of variability the electoral college keeping it just keeping it proportionate um makes up for that like you're gonna have think of like you ever see those those devices where it's like a ball full of beads and a thing a a board full of pins and when you put it upside down it's like a perfect parabola you know what i'm saying so i think no matter what you're gonna have those little bits uh, the outliers on the end Mm-hmm. And if we just go with a, an electoral college, so just keep it to the percentage of what they are, it kind of avoids those fudges. At the because here, here's what's weird: the reason we have to have votes proportionate to like the population yeah. is when you go just straight, straight population, you will have California and Texas beating each other out for the decisions for the rest of a country. Because they're the biggest states, yeah. And so I agree with people that there's more of them, so they should have more of a say, and they do. But at least it's proportionate. And Delaware gets a say, goddammit. Like, come on, have a heart. So I think there's a popular saying that says, uh, I think it's Thomas So there are no such thing as solutions, only trade-offs, something like that, right? Where, you know, um, if you implement one system, you'll solve a problem, but then another problem will crop up, right? And I see the proportional, you know, voting thing, while it, it may prevent, you know, third parties from being totally dismissed from the process, it may actually give us candidates that are more representative of what the political attitudes of the country were. I think it also has one major problem, which is it doesn't protect the minority, right? Like the electoral college was created in part to protect the minority, to protect, you know, the smaller states, to protect the people that might not have the overwhelming, like, they don't have the uh, the popular political opinion on things, right? But they still deserve to have a voice. They still de- deserve to have their right protected. And so, what the elect- what the electoral college does is it it gives a disproportionate amount of power to the smaller states, to the rural areas, so that the people who govern don't forget those people. Because I think you are also forgetting that. If we kind of got rid of the the uh, electoral college, it wouldn't just be, you know, that states with more people have a bigger voice. It would also be cities versus the country as well. Yes. Boom. Exactly. Right. Boom. And I, you know, do so. Do think about that. Should should Columbus, Cincinnati, Toledo, 
and Cleveland make the decisions for the rest of Ohio. And like Ohio people will really respect this, but let me try to illustrate how the rest of it is a lot of space, a lot of corn, a lot of woods, a lot of people in land, a lot of people, a lot of guns, a lot of fun, nice, kind people too. I like we putting them in boxes. Some of them suck. That's true too. <laughs> but I, all I'm saying is those people would cease to exist. They'd cease to matter. And at the end of the day, they are the people that, that this country rides their rides the back on. Like no, they're I'm, your truck driver. You get that Amazon package in two days with Amazon prime. And I get to watch the new shows on Amazon prime because that guy doesn't see his family for a week driving 12 to 14 hours a day. So it's, it's a uh, nine 30. Um, but before we wrap, because I, I've been seeing things pop up, pop up on my screen and I want to ask you about it. So Elon Musk, uh, his deal went through. It did. Yeah. He, it's his, official. His deal went, yeah. And he fired. CEO. So I wanted to ask you that. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Take your yeah, so comment. He, yeah. So he fired the CEO Parag Agrala, <laughs> uh, chief financial officer, Ned Siegel and, uh, Vijaya Gadid, head of yes! legal policy, trust and safety. So all of them were yes! fired. And the deal has officially gone through, uh, what I wanted to ask you is, if Elon keeps to his word of trying to make Twitter kind of be the Vigia's cyber gone, baby, <laughs> you know, trying to trying to make Twitter the cyber public square, almost where our speech is as protected as it is under the law. Here's right? what's if, wild, if, if, dude. When he started this purchase. And they needed to turn over their true and real numbers. You watched the algorithm change. My phone, my tweets got to strangers significantly more following that period. And it's because they altered the algorithm to make it more pure. What I love about this is, yes, is it going to open me up to more criticism? Sure. There's great things to come from that growth. But at the same time, I think I'll finally get to find my audience. Like we'll finally get to find people like us. There's a real beauty to what the internet was able to do in building a relationship with someone like you, who I would never have brushed shoulders with otherwise. Someone yeah, like Vidya yeah. dude is a criminal. She's a war criminal. I wish terrible, terrible things upon her. I don't, I don't actually, <laughs> I wish her greatness. I got to take yeah. the Jesus approach, but she's terrible. She's caused a lot of hell for a lot of people. I implore anybody to go watch the Joe Rogan debate with Tim Pool, Joe Rogan, Jack Dorsey, and then he comes back because he looked like such a fool. Jack Dorsey comes back with his attorney, Vidya, and dude, all I can say is they were shown for their true colors, how they manipulate mm-hmm. the algorithm, how they suppress free thinkers, free thought, they are pushing a narrative, pushing one one ideology, and the beauty is Elon Musk is going to come in and dismantle that entirely. Mm. So okay. yeah, get 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 prepared for it's going to get a become a rougher place. 
Like you're going to have to be callous. You're going to have to grow some tough skin. Like it's probably going to make the place a little bit more vulnerable, but also it's going to open the door to so many more possibilities and so many more great opportunities. All right. So, what do you think? Uh, what, is, what are your thoughts? I wanted to ask you. That's why I, I almost cut you off earlier because I got so excited. No, earlier I, in the I, podcast, I thought to myself, like you brought something up. I was just about to ask you and we got sidetracked. I have to ask you, what do you think Twitter becomes when Elon Musk takes over? How does it change? What can we expect? And will it be for the better? I have to see what happens. Like, you know, it, it's all it, things are easier as a concept than they are when you try to put them in practice, right? Um, will he turn Twitter into a public square? Will he be able to um, fight the people pulling and trying to push him into certain, you know, um, types of censorship? Um, uh, will his content moderation? be sufficient to, you know, distinguish between actual threats of violence versus people, you know, LARPing or people, uh, you know, just engaging in online talk. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. I think Elon, he seems to have the correct intentions, but I have to take a wait and see approach before I can really, you know, get on board because, uh, you know, it's one thing when you're on the outside looking in, it's different once you're in the house. So I say we watch Elon while while he's in the house for a couple of days, couple of weeks, and then see what comes from it. I I that's the only thing that's the only approach I, I, I can take. I appreciate that position. You can only take the wait and see approach. Unfortunately, we have no effect on it one way or the other. But what is funny is you want to get excited and hope for the best. But there's also a little scary tidbit to this where, like, one very rich man can come in and just take over the Times Square. He can just literally buy Times Square. Think about that. Kanye yeah. West gets canceled and he just goes and buys Parlor. Like, mm -hmm. there, there's something really fun to the meme uh, that Elon Musk tweets of him and Kanye coming together and joining forces of Twitter and Parlor to become super Trump was in freedom. That too. Was it? Trump, yeah, Trump was in one too. It was it was Elon, Kanye, and Trump because Trump has uh, what, what Trump True Social, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Right so it was all, yeah. So so again, there's something very fun to that because it lends to what I call what what feels like my team. But you got to do whatever you can to stay out of those frames of thought, and you really got to always take the macroscopic view and go, where does this go? And how can this be like, this could turn into a problem. Rich people coming in and buying, buying Times Square. Yeah. I don't know. I know you got to get going. I appreciate you giving me your time. We are totally canceled here again. We said <laughs> all the wrong things and I cannot wait to get strike two again. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, not. hopefully, you know, we, we were able to, you know, uh, move around the obvious pothole so that because yeah you know th there's like a a little bit of a positive feeling you get when you get a strike or you get censored because you feel like okay well i must be saying something right but you also want your message to get to the people so 
You're right. Uh, hopefully this conversation will will stay for people to, you know, consume. You're right. Hey man, the first conversation was able to stand the test of time. It fought. Mm-hmm. It, it got got a couple things <laughs> in it, but it it survived like, yeah. like Ali. It's still bouncing like a butterfly. All right. <laughs> I gotta ask, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, you guys can find me on uh Twitter and Instagram and uh oh, Twitter and Instagram at crew philosopher, one word, no philosopher. Uh, you know, that's where I have most of my conversations there I'm on TikTok. You know, you can find me there as well. I think it's an underscore after uh philosopher because somebody had my handle. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm just trying to build you know the podcast, have you know these type of conversations as well, you know, analyzing what's going on in culture, society, politics. So, yeah, cruel philosopher, I couldn't thank you enough. I couldn't appreciate more your call to action. When we get censored and and get the strike for you to jump on here right away with me, I'm I'm super Absolutely. excited to put this out here. I'm always thankful to talk with you because these are always a blast, um, guys. If you liked what we if we made you laugh, if we made you think the best thing you do to support this podcast is share this episode. I've yes. come to learn the best thing for the algorithm is to take that link, copy it, and text it to your friends because then it brings them to the platform and YouTube rewards me like a god. So send out. All of them, come on, if you liked it, your friends will like it. So share the episode. You can find all of our content on our website at www.rethinktankpodcast.com. Like us on all those platforms. You can catch us on all the Twitters and all the other things. But, guys, thank you for your time. Cruel Philosopher, I appreciate you. Cannot wait to do it again. And uh, have a good rest of your night. And, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.